0: I think you said, yes, I can hear you. I can magically hear you guys. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host or hostess host for the next hour. Excuse me, my allergies. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means if you have a paranormal issue or you think you do, we can help you and get to you. Seriously, it might take us a while. California is a big state, but we'll get to you. I promise. All it takes is an email or a phone call. So find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us over at Twitter. You can find us at TikTok. And you can find us on Instagram. I am on Instagram, on your ghosty gal. It's all lowercase. I'm on Facebook under my own name. Okay? Which brings me to another topic in a second. And, of course, California Haunts on Facebook. And California Haunts Radio on Facebook. And then that takes you over to YouTube, to California Haunts Radio. And... I think I covered, didn't I? Twitter? Yeah, okay. Twitter Cali- Calif- Twitter is California Haunts, lowercase. And then, uh, I was telling you, not Twitter. I'm sorry. Ha, huh? I'm losing it. Twitter is Cal Haunts. And then TikTok is California Haunts, lowercase. Too many of these to remember. I'm going to have to start putting a dumb, dumb sheet up on the side here to remind me of this stuff. And uh, for those coming in from TikTok who haven't seen us before, you can check out all our videos. We've got over 480 videos over on YouTube at YouTube.com. Forward slash at California Haunts Radio. You can check us out over there. I'm sure you'll find something that you like. Okay. All right. So if you're now, that being said, if you are watching from Facebook, please hit and and you like what you hear. Please hit that share button, that like button, because we always want to share. And uh, join us. Come on in and join us. Okay. You can either, you you can either follow me on my page or follow me on the California Haunts Ghostly Events page. Do that. Okay. And if you're on YouTube and you like what you see in here, there's that little ghost right there in the bottom right-hand corner with the magnifying glass. That's our mascot. Click on that. It'll open up a red button for you to push to subscribe. Like I said, there's always there's over 480 videos sitting over there and different topics. I'm a journalist. I don't like to do paranormal stuff all the time. That, for instance, to tonight's show, right? So for a long time, I have been studying this, looking into this case the D.B. Cooper case. Long, long time. And I have been wanting to get somebody on to talk about it. And I finally did. And I'm really happy Professor Slim King is coming on. But it, We may not just be talking about old D.B. We may be talking about some other stuff, too, as well tonight. See how the outward fills out. But I'm really excited to have him on and uh, talk about, the, you know, to, to talk about this case because it's been one that's fascinated me for years. It's going to be a phone interview. So I will have couple graphics not not a lot for you to to, uh, look at you know you can eyeball otherwise you know you might want to eat your dinner and relax and just listen in or you can pop in to see if my face pops up or whatever you don't want to look at my face for a whole hour either i wouldn't but i'm real excited about that and remember to go join our discord we have a discord under california haunts and you would be california haunts ghostly groupies over discord discord's a cool place because We get over there after hours, and we chat about anything we want. We're just starting out, so there's not much chat over there right now. But once we get things rolling over there, we're going to be chatting with you guys about anything and everything you can think of under the sun. Within reason, right? Right? No bad-mouthing people, none of that kind of stuff going on. We're all adults, right? Well, most of us. So, yeah, come on over and join the California Haunts Discord. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and give Slim a call, and we'll start the interview. I still say I need dialing music. What do you guys think? Still need to dial. Let's do this. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm good, Charlotte. How are you doing?
0: I'm really good. I'm just so excited to have you on.
1: Oh, man. I was just, a... you yeah, have like. 400 and some shows in the already on YouTube. That's excellent.
0: Yeah, we've been real busy with shows. We're on Monday through. I'm uh, sorry, so Sunday through Friday.
1: Oh boy, that's great.
0: So tell me about you. Tell everybody about you.
1: Well, um, for the majority of my life, I've been an impersonator. Uh, I worked uh, as uh, down here in Florida for 20 years at Universal and the House of Blues impersonating uh jake blues which is john belushi character awesome so uh, i'm semi-retired i still do shows uh from uh you know once or twice a week but i'm semi-retired and i spent a lot of my time when i wasn't on the road um uh investigating uh mysteries basically i've been into mysteries all my life D.B. Cooper was one of the uh, biggest mysteries of my life. I was 17 years old in Longview, Washington, when D.B. Cooper hijacked that airplane. And uh, a lot of my friends went out looking for the money and all all kinds of things. So it's been a mystery for me my whole life and for a lot of people because it's the only unsolved hijacking in uh, the history of America.
0: When you talk about the D.B. Cooper case, for people that don't know about it, can you tell everybody about it?
1: Well, um, it was uh, 1971, a whole different world back then, although it's getting close to that now, uh, feel. Uh, but uh, I was 17 years old, senior in high school. 1971, at the day before Thanksgiving, so people are coming home. And some guy hijacks a plane out of Portland, Oregon. And he goes to Seattle, tells him he wants to go to Mexico. Uh, They're going to stop off and refuel in Reno. He wants $200,000 and four parachutes. And somewhere between Seattle, SeaTac Airport and Reno, he jumps out of the plane. I think it's the first time it ever happened, and they've never seen him since.
0: Incredible, incredible. So do they have any leads at all on him?
1: They have thousands, thousands of leads. The FBI was going crazy. People were, uh, you know, saying it's this guy, it's this guy, it's going to be this guy. Uh, But it's went on and they've never, never made an arrest.
0: Do you think the money's still out there?
1: Uh, No, I think he spent it. I'm pretty sure he spent it. And there was, of course, about $5,800 that was found along on tina bar Mm -hmm. the columbia river about eight years later
0: so what do you think think what do you think he did after he jumped
1: well i think he jumped and i I think he was trying to jump at twilight so he could have all night to get away but the fbi kind of stalled around and he ended up jumping about eight o'clock at night so it was dark Mm -hmm. up in the pacific northwest in november and uh he lit broke his leg limp to a um like a gas station restaurant kind of a place right in cleelum and uh he got a cowboy there to uh, uh give his buddy directions he got on the phone and called a guy and the uh, cowboy gave the guy directions how to get to cleelum and they picked him up and took him back to where he came from Well, oh, wait so
0: he's, go, ahead. go ahead sorry
1: he survived. he survived. Everybody wants to say that he died, but there's there's no way he died. Uh, he survived, and he was a welder on the dam
0: back, uh, the Grand Coulee Dam. How do you know all this?
1: Well, I've been researching this since I was uh, pretty young, but mm-hmm. um, recently there have been several books that have come out, and I got to know a guy who wrote one of the books who he lived here, and I'm in Florida. Mm-hmm. and uh and i got to talk to him and uh he cracked the case and so i was like you cracked the case he he wrote a book and but he's now passed away
0: mm-hmm. but
1: uh, db cooper was his uh was his buddy really yes um there's a few books out db cooper and me is the book that carl lauren wrote that man then the most uh Getting to the Truth by Joe Koenig and then there's um, The Search for D.D. Cooper. Those are like the, uh, three of the most recent books mm-hmm. out and they all point to one man and his name is Walter pecka and then he changed it to Walter Rekka. Hmm.
0: Now the question I have about this is that it's November, he jumped out of this airplane. Isn't it really cold in the Pacific Northwest at that time of year?
1: It's extremely cold, and that plane is 7,000 to 10,000 feet in the air. So right. It's a lot colder up there. They're in the middle of the storm, and uh, they're going, you know, maybe 150 miles an hour. So you have the wind chill factor, and it's raining so or misting at least up mm-hmm. there so it was really really cold when he first jumps out of the plane he's actually wearing long underwear underneath his oh house. wow
0: he's prepared the other question that comes to mind is i mean were the police thinking that maybe this guy could be from the military like a navy seal or something because of the yeah, jump well
1: there's uh, yeah there's a bunch of um things that you have to check out you have to check out um The physical situation, his mental, uh, uh, you know, wherewithal, his skill set, location where he's at, the mortality, Charlotte, if he lived or died when he jumped. Mm -hmm. So I would think, uh, well, I know that Walter uh, Pekka was a uh, survival, he was trained as a paratrooper survival guy. So people were lost out in the woods and they saw you somewhere he's the guy that they would fly in and he would jump out parachute in and then save you and then get you uh, out of there and he worked in the military so like if um if the military say the green berets got pinned down somewhere and they couldn't get out mm-hmm. he'd be the kind of guy that you'd send in to get him out he'd parachute in there and uh, save him
0: well that makes sense then and how did your the, 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 this man that you talked with uh, that wrote this book Determine that it, it could be Walter. Did Walter talk to him about it or what?
1: Uh, yeah, Walter confessed. Uh, unlike a lot of these other guys that they have, and there's dozens of them, and I had you've researched, then you know, right? There's dozens of them. Um, Wal, uh, Walter confessed for like three hours of confession on tape.
0: Huh? Are you still there? Yeah, right here. Okay. Um, and
1: that's in the audiobook that uh, Joe Koenig put out, is this confession in 2008. Uh, over several months, Carl uh, Lauren would call him up and just ask him various questions about the hijacking and how he did it, why he did it, and what he was up to. And uh, nobody else has three hours of confessions on this.
2: But mm-hmm.
1: there's been a lot of. Um, a lot of controversy about walter uh you know but of course there would be but after all this research i'm 99.9 uh, percent sure that he did it or somebody he knew did it <laughs> and told him every last little detail
0: so when he just well, why did he even decide to do this
1: um well uh in his confession he says that he just didn't want to be poor. He didn't, he'd rather be dead than poor.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think there's a book coming out by his niece that's called Better Dead Than Poor.
2: Uh, and uh, his niece is uh, named Lisa Story. Mm-hmm. She's
1: coming out with a book. But um, I don't think in his confession, you know, when you confess to things or something, you don't always confess to everything. Do you right. I mean, right. I think that he, modified his confession there were people that were still alive and he didn't want to get them in trouble in a pure mobster style you know they would never rat out one of their buddies Mm -hmm. you know and he was connected with the mob and they would never rat out anybody and so I think he modifies his confessions so that nobody else gets in trouble sure so he uh, some things he like he says he didn't plan it well it was really really well planned uh, things like that,
0: you know. It's, I agree with I agree with you on that. I, you know, no, nobody jumps out of an airplane at that height. You know, with a, it has a parachute ready to go, unless it's well planned.
1: Right, and and one of the things that Walter would say when uh, Walter was a barnstormer, and he he was a semi famous kind of um, they they would go around to like Las Vegas and stuff and do these air shows and mm-hmm. jump out. And Walter did that uh, all the time, and uh, he was in a group of people that uh, did that. And they, they all those guys that were in that group, when this happened, they all go, "Man, what did Walter do?" Mm-hmm. They all, they all figured they, they had it figured out right at the beginning, you know. But he was their buddy; they're not going to say anything, you know. Walter, uh, anyway, Walter always said, "Why these guys would rob a bank and then they would go get on a plane to get away?" Right. And Walter would always say, "Why not just rob the plane? Why not just get on the plane and demand the money? Why go to all the trouble to rob a bank and then get on the plane?" That's true. So he was genius. You know what I mean? So he robbed the plane. But there's a reason that they never solved that. There's a reason it's the only one that's not solved. And that's because they wanted it to happen. Because within a year of that, they installed all the electronic devices and stuff and started uh, really, you know, honing down on our ability to travel within a year.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, They had installed those uh, magnetometers and all that. Like, I'm flying tomorrow morning. I'm flying to uh, Puerto Rico to go to a party out there and uh, all the hoops you got to jump through and everything to move now back in that day you would go down there walk in to uh you know when he got the he got the uh, ticket Mm -hmm. he just walked in gave him twenty dollars got his ticket to seattle went out and got on the plane yeah now you can't even have anybody walk to the with you.
0: No, you can't put your, you can't you know you can't you you can't leave your suitcase down for any amount of time. Nothing.
1: No, no, no. There's all these things that they're restricting our freedoms as Americans, and uh, that's when it really started. The TSA, the whole thing started back then. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why. Um, and there were a bunch of copycat um, guys after DB Cooper. I don't know if you've read about them. But I think a lot of those guys were also involved with the, the CIA or the FBI or whoever, you know, the deep state mm-hmm. behind this. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, they, they didn't care if those guys got caught or not as long as they did squeal, you know, and right. most of them ended up dead. Oh, so
0: When you talk about all this money on the airplane, where did it come from? It didn't just come from passengers, did it? You no,
1: know, the money on the airplane came from a bank. They had a bank. Um, What had happened was the United States was not letting planes fly into Cuba. I mean, it's hard to get there now, right? Um, You couldn't fly into Cuba, so these people were hijacking planes like crazy Mm -hmm. to try to get back to Cuba. These were Cubans. And even in the Pacific Northwest, they were distributing um, maps of the Cuban airports in case you got hijacked. So it was kind of a national thing that they, they were hijacking like one a week at least. So, but this was a hijacking for money, you know, kind right. of a twist on the thing. These guys were just trying to get back to family and friends in Cuba, right? Um, but you know, it could have been stopped. The United, the U.S. could have said, "Okay, we'll let you fly flights into Cuba." But they had a real, uh, can I say, hard on for Cuba since mm-hmm. the Bay of Pigs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and it, it had been a big problem. And they weren't gonna negotiate or anything. They were just gonna try to stick it to Cuba. So they wouldn't let them do that. So people, they were hijacking all these planes out there.
0: Well, when you think about it, he got he got all that money. He was he he was pretty sharp because a right. lot of people would go out and just start spending away. But I mean, no nobody caught on to what he was spending either. Like you say, if he did spend the money, he did it very carefully.
1: Well, there's a couple different ways to look at it. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover immediately came out within within a week mm-hmm. and released all uh, what is $200,000 and $20 bills with that 10,000 numbers, right? Right. He released those numbers and he released them, but he didn't release them to the public. He released them to the banks. Right. Well, my wife uh, worked in a bank and, you know, a, a bank employee is not a federal employee. Uh, and I just recently got a book that has all the numbers in it. 10,000 numbers. Do you think any of those uh, people checked those numbers when they got a $20 bill? Not even close. Do you think they would run it through 10,000 different numbers? No. They didn't have computers in 1971. Yep. They didn't look for those numbers. Nobody was checking those numbers. They were never checked. Uh, uh, Walter did take the money and he spent some of it he went up and deposited in a Canadian bank because he's in Washington. He's close. Mm-hmm. And he put it in a, you know, box, you know, but he, he bought a home. He bought a home in uh, Washington. So he was spending the money, but nobody was checking. And the only money, if you've, if you've been through this, then you know about the money that was found on Tina Barr later. Right.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So when, um, when uh, Walter, uh, gets picked up by his friend Don Brennan. Don Brennan uh, comes and picks him up in Cleellum, and he has this big bag of money, right? And he's wet and he's cold and he's soaked and he's got a broken leg. He gets in. He gets in to the car, and he he gives Don Brennan six thousand dollars. That's three packs of money. Nice. Gives him. So Don Brennan is a, a semi-criminal, and he goes back. And he's living in Seattle, and then he moves down to Olympia, and that's—I don't know.
0: Uh, well, you live in Sacramento, right, right? Right.
1: As an off, I used to play in Sacramento. My band used to play it. I think docks or somewhere oh,
0: like cool. that. Cool. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, we played there in the '90s all the time. So, um, anyway, I—I I
2: five is kind of the drug uh, all the way from Mexico to Canada, right? Right. Uh,
1: Drugs were going up and down. And so he was involved in that. And uh, there's a story that comes out in the book called The Last Master Outlaw. I don't know if you've read that one. But in that book, they show how the money, they talk about how the money was planted on Tina Parr. And I believe they are totally correct. That is how the the drug guys got the money from uh, Don. And uh, the guy was going to tell everybody he was D.B. Cooper. They were going to find the money, and he was going to be the biggest drug dealer in Portland, Oregon. Huh. So uh, that's how the money got planted there.
0: So it's really involved then, huh?
1: Yes, there's a lot going on. And the, the main problem uh, is that when, uh, when uh, D.B. Cooper is going to leave Seattle, uh, he says they, he wants them to fly at 10,000 feet. Because at 10,000 feet, you're, you don't have to uh, – the air pressure in the cabin, you don't have to depressurize the cabin or anything. So he's going to jump out. So he has to be at 10,000 feet or less. Um, the Eastern Airlines, they authorize him to go to 14,000 if they want. But he, he says at 10,000. So there's uh, three different ways to fly out. Uh, you could fly straight to Reno like normal, or you could fly, and that's called Victor Two. You could fly Victor Twenty Three is for more for uh, low flying pilots, mm-hmm. which goes down over Olympia. It goes over Tacoma. It goes over Longview, Kelso. It goes over Portland, Oregon. Um, you're not going to want to go that way because the FBI, that uh, their psychologists on the case says that they think he's going to blow up the plane so he blows up the plane it's going to kill a bunch of people on the ground Mm -hmm. the pilots wanted to fly out over the ocean and just fly down close to the you know close to sacramento and then turn and come in so those were the different uh, possibilities i think that they just well i know that they just took the normal flight path to reno which goes over
0: But my but the question I have is like I, I agree with you. I think in a lot of way the pilots over the ocean might have been a smarter move. But so what? What? Why did they finally settle on the regular flight path?
1: Well, the the uh, Victor the Victor twenty three flight path goes over all those uh, all the major cities. It's the most populated areas of Washington and Oregon. So logically, you would never fly down that way if you thought the guy was going to blow it up. Right. Plus, later, they're all searching for D.B. Cooper. And I'm sure the FBI just lets everybody believe that's where he jumped out. They don't want everybody getting in their way. Sure. It's it's extended buck season there. Mm -hmm. There's 200,000 hunters in Washington. Extended buck season. There's going to be tens of thousands of guys in that area looking for D.B. Cooper, looking for that bag of money. Uh, while they're hunting for uh, a buck. Mm-hmm. Plus there's a couple thousand, uh, I think, troops that go out looking. And then there's the FBI and everybody out there looking in the area that would be considered the drop zone. But, uh, so the FBI didn't didn't tell him that's not where he went. He went the regular route and jumped out over here. Sure, that makes if sense. you go the regular route to Reno, there's hardly any population over that area. Uh, middle of Washington and uh, all the way down to you know.
0: That makes sense. Now, you said earlier that you yourself went out looking for the money. How did you organize yeah, well, that? That was kind of like a stand-by-me moment, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think I went out hunting. You know, it was extended <laughs> buck, and I was 17 years old, so right. like everybody has a rifle in their car and, and um, all my relatives it. So I went out hunting, and you just kept your eyes open, looking for a parachute in the trees, you mm-hmm. know, or something. Uh, there are so many stories, so many cool things that happened. So they did find like two different bodies while they were out hunting. People will talk about that. There was a bunch of stuff going on. But no one found anything. Uh, he threw out uh, one of the parachutes he kicked out, uh, his bag, uh, You know the supposed bomb was mm-hmm. out, his parachute and his backpack and all that stuff. No one found any of that. That was never found in 50 years with hundreds of thousands of hunters going through that. All those times, no one found anything out there.
0: It's incredible. I'm, yeah. I, I wonder if he buried it or what he did with it.
1: Yeah. He took it with him. He, he okay. took it with him and he was uh, welding in a dam. Uh, back. Uh, he was a welder and mm-hmm. it was, they were building the, I think the Grand Coulee Dam and he, uh, I can't remember, the, there's a little tiny city that he lived in. He went back there, and then he took it up to uh, Canada a couple weeks later. So uh, that's kind of how it happened. And then Walter uh, changes his name to Walter Recca. He just changes the P to an R. And he, then he goes deep, deep, uh, dark, uh, and starts working in foreign countries as an assassin. And then he eventually moves back to the United States. He's coming and going, coming and going. Finally, retires. And uh, and then all all his buddies, all the buddies that uh, barnstormer buddies, had figured out it was him. Mm-hmm. And so in two thousand eight, he started to get older now, and he, so he starts uh, telling them what's going on.
0: I was going to uh, say, and they
1: recorded. I was going
0: to say, you know, what possessed him to to admit to it?
1: Well. He was older, and and he, uh, one guy had written – uh, Carl Lauren had written a book about his escapades because he was a real character, like a 007 mm-hmm. a kind of guy. He did all kinds of stuff. And so uh, his friend, uh, Carl, had written a book about him, and uh, in the back of the book, he keeps saying, yep, and I think he was D.B. Cooper. He was D.B. Cooper. He keeps going on and on about it. So finally, he goes, I can't lie to you anymore. So when he makes the confession, they don't tell anybody. They're not going to tell anybody till he's dead. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was in uh, 2014. So that's when they they started uh, exposing what was going on after he had died. There's a couple murders involved in this situation. Uh, Earl Cossey, the guy who packed the shoots that they took, was a friend of Walter's and a friend of De- uh, Don Brennan, who was the getaway driver. And uh, he is murdered in like 2012. Huh. Uh, unsolved murder. Another unsolved murder. You know, there's very few, you know, unsolved murders right. these days. Right.
0: And who, was the, solved, solved. And, and who was the other body that they found? The other murder?
1: The other guy was uh, the guy uh, who planted the money. The, the Oh, okay, money okay. Planted.
0: okay.
1: He, in, in Portland, Oregon, yeah. he's dead. He's dead within a year after they find the money. Wow. So there's a couple of people that dropped off, uh, you know, out of being able to testify to anything. And, uh, you know, it, this was at the height, this happened at the height of uh, – J. Edgar Hoover's corruption.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: J. J. Edgar Hoover, they had found, they had broken into the FBI and found all the files. And they were releasing these files to the newspapers about the corruption of uh, Hoover. And within a year, uh, Hoover didn't wake up one morning. They found him dead in his bed. And the doctor said, oh, it must have been his heart. And then a couple years later, the church committee finds out that the CIA has a gun that they can shoot you with that gives you a heart attack. Wow. A heart attack gun. So uh, they took care of all that. So um, the FBI—he was—he was, uh, he was uh, pretty much controlling all the everything the FBI, you know, was saying. Right. So do you know how the FBI uh, disseminates information when they do a interview or something?
0: Uh no. I've, I've seen police do it, but I've never seen the FBI do it.
1: The FBI do not necessarily record it audio like you would think. They make what they call a 302. And so it's their version of of the interview. They write that down. Well, a FBI guy could write, you know, 2 plus 2 equals 5 in their 302. And then they could, you know, they can write whatever they want in there. They could release that. Uh, to a friend or somebody who releases it to the paper and the paper could say, government sources says two plus two equals five. Hmm. And then the FBI could go, Oh, we better look into that because the newspapers print it. So it's like this daisy chain thing where they can perpetuate their own investigations. And so they use 302. So I don't trust anything the FBI said about the case uh in 1971 it's almost the same now i mean they're catching the fbi doing all these things with twitter and everything else
0: right 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 what do you think the the main fascination is about db cooper
1: well back then db cooper stuck it to the man you know i i was 17 i had a draft number people were rioting they didn't want to go die in vietnam for a reason a reason that nobody knows you know Mm -hmm. people were really really upset with what was going on you know they they shot four students in ohio you know i mean there was a lot of things going on um and db cooper stuck it to the man you know and uh, like my dad you know idolized him everybody thought he he was uh you know he was a hero almost a lot of people that he had gotten away with it. He was smart. He didn't hurt anybody. He got the money, and he got away. And uh, in Ariel, Washington, one of the uh, main search areas, there was a tavern, and every year they'd have a huge party and bands would go play, and everybody would show up in DB cos- DB Cooper costumes. And it went on for years and years until finally the tavern got sold, it fell apart, and <laughs> they
0: condemned <it. laughs> For people that don't understand that area, I've been up in that area, and it's it, it, it's a rough area. So for people that don't understand it, what, what, what is it like there?
1: Tall, tall pine trees,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a lot of underbrush. Uh, the area of, along the I-5 corridor is is rough. you know, And and uh, if you live in the city, you have know, power, power lines and stuff. It would kill you if you came down so you would really really have to know what you're doing to uh to land without being seriously injured
0: especially Uh, well especially in the dark like that too yes
1: at nighttime you couldn't see anything yeah um but uh walter was a they were a barnstormer these guys did it all the time he had broken both legs and an arm before and didn't seem to phase him but he uh, in in the 50s he applied to join the cia he got a free uh, flight to where he was going for some unknown reason right he applied to join the cia and then he flew back and then they sent him a letter uh that says oh we can't uh, you know ex- we don't need your skill set at this time well he saved that letter so logically why would have you ever got a rejection letter from somewhere and you saved it no nobody nobody would save that letter right right it's like you're not good enough for us why would you save that letter the only reason you'd save that letter is if you wanted to use it as evidence that no i didn't work for the cia see look they wouldn't hire me interesting so he saved that letter his entire life So I'm sure they hired him right away. Maybe not them, possibly the naval. Uh, You know, we have like 16 different agencies or Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and and plus all the dark opera ops. So he could work for all of them. And I think they do say they work for all of them. You know, so he worked for all of them. He was in some big assassination things that he talked about. So I think better off. Uh, Dead Than Poor. Right. Uh, but it's coming out soon. And it's by his niece. He was really close. Walter was close with his niece, uh, Lisa's Story. So I think that's going to be a good story. If it's not a good book, maybe they'll make it into a movie.
0: When you said he was working on, uh, he was a welder. Now, when he got, when he finished this jump, did he go back to his job or did he? <laughs> was yes. A... Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, he went back to his job and. Uh, I forget the name of the company that he worked for, but the company that he worked for is a well-known front for CIA. Oh, okay. So they had got him the job there. If if you go back, um, I don't know if we got time to talk about all the uh, connections that this has with the JFK assassination. Go ahead. We got a
0: half but hour. Go ahead. Go for the,
1: it. the same, the same kind of things that they did, the CIA or these dark ops. What they do is they get their operator in there and their agent and they get him a job and they get him a job at a company where he probably doesn't have to spend too much time actually doing the job. Okay. So he's out there doing the government's bidding and getting paid. Uh, um, let's see. Um, Oswald had a job at a coffee company and then he had a job at the school book depository. Mm-hmm. They got him all those jobs, right? right. He Just jump from job to job to job. Do you, do you know, he, he was at the school book depository, depository for three months, or three weeks, right? Do you know how long that uh, school book depository had been there? No. I think less than six months. Wow. It was a brand new business. So they put in a brand new business and then moved this guy in just so they can, uh, you know, use him as a patsy and, and uh, kill Kennedy. So... So they were doing the same thing with Walter. They were moving Walter around from job to job. And uh, he left that job within a month after he pulled off the thing. He mm-hmm. left that welding at the
2: damn job. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, there's
1: a story he tells about uh, they were yelling at him about moving his welder from one place to another. Mm-hmm. and he, And after the guy left, he just kicks the welder into the Columbia River. So he wasn't concerned about
0: keeping the job, right? Right. He, uh, welders costs
1: a lot of money. <laughs> so uh, they and and so that was one of the uh, characteristics that you would see of these agents, these dark agents. Mm-hmm. And then he started move. They moved him to uh, to uh, the Middle East, and that's when he started assassinating people. And then they moved him back eventually.
0: Was he married?
1: Uh, yes, he was married. He was married, and he and he was married, and he one day he was there, and the next day he was gone.
0: That's what I was gonna say. And
1: that's that's when they called him up, and he just left, you know. And then came back a few years later. Eventually, they hooked back up, and and uh, that was a love of his life for the rest of his life. So <laughs> he was married, had a couple kids. Uh, Part part of the problem is some people say that one of his uh, one of his kids actually was working with him on some of these contracts. So I don't I don't know much about that. I'm not going to go into that. Right, right, I like right. I don't
0: know. <laughs> How does one retire from a life like that? I don't understand.
1: <laughs> it just boggles
0: my mind.
1: I think you're lucky to be alive. If you go through all
0: absolutely. That.
1: You know, all the people that were involved in the JFK thing, they all got murdered. You know, I mean, they were all, they were hired to kill each other at times. It's pretty crazy the, uh, you know, uh, Nicoletti was killed by uh, one of the guys that was supposed to shoot that ch- chickened out. Uh, and James Files took his place. The guy, um, oh, I can't remember his name, but anyway, he kills Nicoletti. Huh. Uh, and uh, Nicoletti was the other guy that had shot Kennedy. So they started in the, in the 70s, in the mid-70s, when the Church Commission came in, uh-huh. they started putting the pressure on the mobsters. CIA and the mobsters were all working together. So the CIA would put out a contract and the mobsters would uh, would do it, would perform it.
0: So let's, let's talk about Kennedy a little bit here. Uh-huh. Tell me, uh, do you think there was a second shooter?
1: Oh yeah, James Files shot okay. from the shot from up on the grass, you know, up behind the picket fence.
0: How can you tell? Can you tell by the photos? Because I know there's there's always a lot of people that that, that look at that photo of, of the impact of the bullet.
1: Right. There's there's um the Warren report was the first thing that came out. And when the Warren report came out, I remember as a kid. My aunt was just dying for it to show up in the mail. She was just giddy when it showed up. So people read the warm report. Well, What they what you don't know is over 60% of the people at the time did not believe the warm report. They thought it was wrong. And there were over 50 people in, uh, in the square there that said someone shot from the, the picket fence. Over 50 people. And they were not used in the warm report. They were not. And the people that they did put in there, they they changed their 302s. Remember, we talked about 302s, right? They wrote, they modified the 302s for their story that Oswald did it, not what the people were really saying. So, um, James Files shot from up there. Um, the closest man, I can't remember his name right now. I just watched it, but the closest man, him and his wife and two kids, were sitting right there. You could see him uh, pictures of them laying down on the grass, and he goes. Uh, and he's on the Zapruder. He's like in front of Zapruder, sitting on right there. He's the closest uh, person to the thing, and he says he was shot in the from the front in his right temple. Huh. Right guy, yeah. never ever uh, ever put in the Warren Commission. Closest guy to it. And then on the other side, there's a cop. There's a cop, and he gets splattered. With blood splatter, so you know how they solve crimes with blood splatter right. all the time now. Right. Well, they the FBI immediately removed the, the car. Right. Right. And rushed the car down. They took it down and tore it apart. Changed the windshield out. The, you know, there's rumors. There's a hole in the windshield. Mm-hmm. Uh They totally took out all. The, you could buy pieces of the. They cut the leather out of the seats. They replaced the seats, and uh, sold some of that. Got ends up on eBay. So. Uh, uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on, but they defile the crime scene. You know what I mean? You want to know everything, every splatter of blood inside there. Right, would tell you where the bullets are coming from. Right? right, but they get rid of all that evidence. What their evidence they can't get rid of is the cop that's behind the car that gets splattered, and he got splattered so hard that he said he thought he might have been hit by a okay. bullet. And he ends up running up the hill to the Grassy Knoll. So right now, over 80% of Americans believe that there was a shooter from the Grassy Knoll. Right, 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 right. Uh, There's a great little movie you can buy for like 10 bucks. I think. It's called uh, I Shot JFK, The Shocking Truth. And uh, it's an interview with James Files. And they've written a couple books about it, but of course, uh, you know, the uh, government wants to suppress any idea that they were lying about it. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So what what you're saying with this, if this is true, then Oswald was was, was one of the shooters, but it, it wasn't his bullet that killed him, right?
1: Yeah, no, Oswald probably, they, they if, if you took Oswald, if he had survived and you took him to trial, he would have got off immediately because they did a paraffin test of his face and his cheeks. And there would have been residue all over his face mm-hmm. if if he shot that uh, rifle. That was the same caliber rifle that I had when I was a little kid at ten years old. That's just a pop gun. You wouldn't use that. Uh, I mean, uh, I immediately bought a odd six uh, as soon as I could. Uh, you know, save up three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't use that gun for anything. I mean, that was a horrible, horrible weapon, and. Um, anyway they did a paraffin test and they didn't release that for like 11 days later. but that would have got him off. He never shot a rifle that day. He may have shot a pistol, but probably mm-hmm. not because uh, because James File says that James uh, sighted in the rifles they were seen. there's uh, the reports that he was sighting in the rifles with Oswald and Oswald picked up all the uh, all the spent shells. And so he had he had gunpowder in the palm of his hand. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what they reported. So, yeah, check out James Files. He's he's the guy that did it. There's no doubt in my mind that either he did it or someone told him exactly how it was done. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. it.
0: So, like you say, the FBI was behind this along with the mob, right?
1: Well, they covered it up. OK, they, the CIA. uh put out a contract that, that you now know, I mean, it just came out a couple of weeks ago, that the CIA was paying Oswald 200 bucks a month, something like that. So uh, that's, we know that. So he was working with all of these guys and uh, the CIA puts out a contract, the uh, Chicago mob takes it. And uh, some of the other mobs are in it. The, the biggest mob actually is in Louisiana. And uh, they hated uh, the Kennedys. Mm -hmm. So the mob picks up the contract. So I think, and they send out two shooters, and that's going to be Roselli, or uh, that's going to be Nicoletti. And Roselli was supposed to shoot, and Roselli said they wanted to call it off. He wasn't going to be a shooter. So that's when James Files comes in, and he's the driver but he's also assassinated a couple of people before using that uh, what is it, the thunderbolt, or uh, that special gun that the CIA made. And they later find the, the shell up by up by the on the grassy knoll behind the picket fence. They find the shell he used.
0: And that was with that gun, or was it was a different gun?
1: It was his gun. Okay. Uh, they they made this fireball. It was called Fireball. mm Hmm. Um and it was uh, like a two 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 round. It's like a probably the same size round, like an a r fifteen, not a very big round, mm-hmm. not like a big thirty odd six or anything a small smaller round but the CIA had made it for assassination purposes. It just shot one shot and had a scope on it, and it was like a little pistol, kind of a between a pistol and a rifle. There was no butt to put against your arm. so it's kind of like a pistol and a rifle and uh they made them and so one of the ways they tried to debunk files when he said yeah i bit uh, i bit on the shell and i put it up on the thing and it the later they found it years years later they found the shell in the mud um they said oh it's the wrong shell it's a 221 right and that that takes a 222 two, two shell well the CIA it, it just put the uh, sites right on the cia because the first version of that gun was a 221 made invented made by the cia so that was a cia weapon used upon the grassy knoll
0: and you did like you say they turned around and cleaned up all all the evidence so nothing could be proved
1: right right so they push it off and stall off there's never been i mean there's never been a real investigation into the kennedy assassination i mean they've never said okay here's the, you know These guys are, they just did the Warren report, which was horrible. Mm -hmm. And then later the, uh, they did the, in the seventies, they tried to do it again. In the seventies, they tried to look at all the things and they had 30 main witnesses that they were going to use. Six of them were murdered. Wow. Six of the 30 witnesses that Congress wanted to call were murdered. And this was like 15 years later,
0: you know? Right.
1: 10, 15 years later, they're still, you know, covering their tracks.
0: And didn't they uh, mess up the autopsy too, right? Because the autopsy wasn't done correctly.
1: Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, firstly, the FBI breaks the law. The FBI's criminals, the Secret Service. There's a crime scene in Texas, in Dallas, Texas. He's murdered. So who covers the murders in Dallas, Texas? Well, the Dallas, Texas police, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Not the Secret Service in Washington, D.C. It's not their job to investigate a murder in Dallas, Texas. It's the Dallas, Texas people. Mm -hmm. So the car wasn't supposed to be moved. The body wasn't supposed to be moved. It was illegal to do any of that. Mm -hmm. And yet they did it all. So they violate the crime scene like crazy and the first guys that saw him say that there was a hole, he was shot from the front. There was a hole in his <laughs> temple and it blew out the back side of his right side of his head. And that's exactly where James Files said he shot him. And that's exactly what the doctors uh, and Parkland said. Later, they, they you know, take him up to DC, do the, you know, like the fake autopsy. They do right. an autopsy. And, Say this and that and all this other stuff, and all those notes are gone and missing, and you know you can't get a straight answer about anything.
0: What do you think? Do you think that um, the vice president was behind it? Because I know there's rumors about that.
1: Yeah, it's always you know it's usually who who gains the most. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, LBJ was going to go down within a couple weeks. They had an investigation going on LBJ because. He was taking money from the uh, uh, all the contracts that they gave out for war weapons and stuff, uh-huh. uh, and he was he was getting scamming money off that. So that he was going to go to they were going to drop him. Kennedy wasn't going to run with him for the next election, and he knew that. And he knew that he could possibly go to jail for what he was doing. So you know, wars are a scam. You know, wars are a racket. They just skim off so much money off. Uh, the Pentagon skims about 20% off the top that they can't account for. So Johnson was in the middle of all that, plus he hated the Kennedys. And all this stuff with the Bay of Pigs, everybody else hated the Kennedys. Uh, the only people was like you and me that loved the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. And the civil rights and everything they were doing for the rights of the people, that was great. But the all the other guys on, on the top, the elites, didn't like them at all so uh yes lbj was right along with everybody else uh you know assisting in the cover-up he knew it was going to happen him did you know that he and j edgar hoover were neighbors they lived like 200 yards apart from each other
0: i had no clue oh my god oh my gosh wow right. wow yeah, wow.
1: yeah. There's a lot. they were neighbors uh, they both had in, in dc their houses were on the same street right next door so uh, I think one was Caddy Corner across the street, but they were neighbors, and they spoke all the time. And if if you get some of those early conversations between uh, LBJ and Hoover, Hoover tells him there was only three shots, and one hit Connolly and then two hit the president. But there was he. It, that's what he tells him at first. Mm-hmm. So he they had the story all lined up before it ever even happened.
0: Well, jeez. So. Geez. Um, I just had a question I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah. On the recent information that came out about that case, were you expecting anything to be bombshell or did you think it was, it was still going to be kind of lost over?
1: Well, I, I'm i just wondering why we can't have it all and why mm-hmm. is any of it redacted? These people are. And, and I thought people have read it. I think people have read everything that's in there, mm-hmm. and that's that's why uh, you know they're telling some of these uh, uh, reporters at Fox News and stuff like, you know, the CIA was behind it. You know, they put the contract out. So they have read those. People have read them. So uh, why? I mean, what is it? How many years since that assassination they won't release it? Mm-hmm. That's just insane, really.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean – well, tell me one reason everybody's dead, you know, right? Or or ninety, you know. So, uh, you know, and and if you don't think that the Russia or these other China or something don't know the methods of the FBI, but by, by now, you know, what what secrets would be worth protecting?
0: That's true. That's true.
1: None of that. It's just there are pieces of the puzzle that are missing that would really connect the dots, and they don't want you connecting the dots.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm I just find that so interesting. You know, like, you know, for years there was this speculation about the second shooter, and like you say, it was just it was such a huge cover-up.
1: Right, right. They, they, there were like 50 witnesses, um, and it's all coming out on um, on YouTube you know you can see there's uh they'll uh, they took videos of these guys saying yeah we saw smoke coming out from under that tree over there you know what i mean and like there'll be three or four of them we're, we worked in the you know we were the, the longshoremen or they were the guys that worked on the trees and they saw that and uh there's a book called hit list i think is the name of it and it's like 50 different people that died right away uh like the guy that was up on the uh, you know back on the railroad tracks watching it all. Right. He's dead. Uh even uh, a lot of reporters.
0: were mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He uh, and these are killed or suicided, you know. Right.
1: No nobody saw him, but they're dead and uh, so and that's the that's the main thing they like to do is like they like to say the guy's dead, so there's no you know, he committed suicide, so there's no investigation. You know, we all saw Oswald's shot, so there's no investigation. Ruby dies of cancer, fast-acting cancer, so there's no investigation. If mm-hmm. you don't think that they can give you fast-acting cancer,
0: right? Uh, you got to open your
1: eyes. <laughs> right. You know, somebody could put a shot in your arm and you're dead in three months. So Absolutely.
0: It's just a good thing there's stuff like YouTube because the more of these people die off, the less witnesses are going to be out there.
1: Exactly exactly but um there's a lot of people still interested i think now the main thing for all of these things is for people to say i know it happened a long time ago but we need to find out what groups of people were responsible and are those groups of people still around not necessarily the actual people but is is that uh you know group still going for that goal, whatever their goal is. Mm-hmm. We've got to root those people out and get rid of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So in your lifetime of doing this, what do you think is the biggest mystery that you've looked into? Uh,
1: one of the biggest mysteries I'm looking into right now is those
0: elongated skulls. Oh, cool. In uh, down
1: in uh, South America.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and they have some that are similar in like Crimea. Did you know that?
0: No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so you know, these are real skulls.
1: There, it's not just uh, you know. And they they have a different formation, different bone formation, and they're not in, in the Pacific Northwest. They had flathead Indians that who flattened their heads with a board, right? They put right, the kids on right. a little vice. and. But these aren't that because the brain cavity is 50% bigger than the normal brain cavity. Mm -hmm. So you've got these skulls. Are they from outer space? Are they, you know, and how are they so far apart from each other? And I mean, that's just the the big mystery to me. With with everybody talking about UFOs and, and all this stuff, that to me would be, you know, they had red hair.
0: Wow. You know? Yeah,
1: They have red hair and these crazy things. And when you see, sometimes you see the Egyptian, those hats those ladies had on. Right. They, if you had a conical head like that, that would cover that up.
0: That's that's very interesting.
1: So they make, some people are trying to make that connection. But I think, like and nobody's down there. You know, you think there'd be thousands of people down there looking at those heads and taking DNA and, and everything. And they're not. They're just not doing it.
0: Why do you think they're do- not doing it?
1: I I have no idea. Just because maybe, you know, people just say, well, that's just crazy
2: talk, you know. Right, right. We're not going to put any money behind, you know, anything behind that. You know, the biggest
0: mystery, of course, is what what happens when we die. What What happens when you die, Charlotte? Right. Happen? right, 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 right.
1: Uh, that's the big mystery, and that pushes a bunch of other ones, but... Uh, <laughs> To me, if I had, if I was independently much wealthier than I am now, I'd fly down there and buy one of those skulls. Absolutely. And I'd get every scientist I could afford to check it out.
0: So how are you doing your research in it then?
1: How do I do research?
0: Right. When you, when you go in to look at something like that.
1: If I went there,
0: how would I do it? Or how, you know, cause, because you're interested in, in, in this mystery on these skulls. So where do you start? to do your investigations?
1: Well, what probably got me started was I think I probably saw it on YouTube this guy and I go, what? (laughs) And, and, uh, and I, you know, I got off on that and I bought, you know, I started just uh, researching, you know, as a research, researcher. And so, and I came up with more and more and and I just couldn't understand why people weren't down there. There's only a few people that are going down there checking it out. I'm going, I would do that, you know, <laughs> you know, if, if I, if I was a, a zillionaire, I'd do that if I was
0: absolutely.
1: Uh, Elon Musk, I'd figure that out tomorrow, you
0: know, absolutely. Slim, thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate you coming on. It was fun.
1: It's a great show. I'm, uh, you know, sorry we didn't uh, stick to DB Cooper, but there's so many crazy things going on these days.
0: Yeah, I just wanted, I want. I, I wanted to hit on a few other things too. So that's cool. You know, it's it's no, it's no biggie. I'd love to have yeah. you on again sometime. This was a blast.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna do uh, on the uh, more of on the psychic side. Uh huh. I'm gonna do an experiment this year that I did in 2010, uh, and it's uh, a divination project about who's gonna win the Super Bowl. There you go. So uh, we started about two. Once we find out the two people, the two teams that are gonna be in there, uh-huh. then. Then the, the psychic experiment starts, and it ends the day of the Super Bowl.
0: Well, that's awesome. We're going to have to get you back on.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, just the send me an email, and I'll uh, fill you in.
0: Sounds good. And how can people find you, sir?
1: Well, that's that's one thing. Um, I'm I like to stay independent, so I'm pretty much unbiased. I'm not selling a book. Mm-hmm. I'm not a podcast guy. I don't have any. I'm not monetizing any of this. I'm just doing my research and putting it out there so I can remain somewhat, uh, you know, unbiased unbiased as a person can get. And uh, so I don't push anything. I don't. I used to sell books and all that kind of stuff on, you know, palm reading. uh, I love palm reading and (laughs) that kind of thing, but I don't anymore.
0: Cool. 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 So do you have a website or anything? Uh,
1: No, there is a, there's a Facebook page. For um, I think maybe that's how you got a hold of me. The Facebook yeah, the
0: Facebook page. page
1: yeah. Uh, uh, for the uh, the Blues Brothers tribute. What is the Leesburg Blues Brothers tribute? Okay. On Facebook, and that's the way uh, my uh, partner in the Blues Brothers runs that thing. So you can get a hold of me through there.
0: Okay, fair enough. Thank you so much again for coming on. I really appreciate it. it. Was great.
1: Great show. Thank you. It was good meeting you,
0: Sheriff. All right. You have a good weekend, okay?
1: I will. I'm flying to Puerto Rico in the
0: morning. All right. Have a good flight. All right.
1: Thanks. All right. Thank you.
0: All right. That was fun. That was a great show. I learned so much about D.B. Cooper and about the JFK case. I mean, you know, it was fun to kind of delve into that. All right. Well, I'm going to see you guys again till Sunday, and we're going to do our usual Sunday read. And it's about that, that. We're back in the book about the Salem Witch Trials. And uh, so away we go with our regular uh, formatting for Sunday. We're out, we're out of the Christmas formatting. Monday, uh, Carol Wilde is going to be with us. And we're going to be talking about British ghosts, how haunted Great Britain is. So that'll be Monday's show. And that will be at 630 p.m. And Sunday's show will be at 630 p.m. as well. Hey, if you like the show and you're watching from Facebook, please be sure to hit, hit that. Excuse me. Hit that like button. And hit that follow button, whether you're on my page or whether you're on California Haas Ghostly Events. If you're over on YouTube, be, please be sure to hit that subscribe button. That's that little ghost. Let's see what Whoop, there it is. That little ghost down the bottom right hand corner. I'm opposite here, so I'm just trying to remember which direction I'm in. That little ghost in the bottom right hand corner, and that'll take you to the subscribe for more than 480 videos over there. Can't believe we've done for, like more than 480 shows. Boggles the mind, doesn't it? think we should have a celebration at the 500 show that's what i think and uh if you're interested in going over to tiktok to find us that would be california haunts all lowercase we're doing some extra stuff on tiktok including extra stuff with medium nancy Matt's over there as well so anyway i want to say good night and uh, i will see you oh, let me get my buttons pushed Hang on. there we go let me cue up my buttons and i will see you on sunday at 6 30 p.m pacific have a good weekend guys